This is the Two Cents Podcast brought to you by Ask Us Why Christian Apparel. My name is Jeremy and I am your host as always. And in this podcast, I interview people that I believe have the wisdom, experience, or knowledge, or all three of topics that I believe are important and relevant for us to understand and navigate today in this crazy world we live in. If you love this podcast, we hope that you continue to listen along with us as we drop episodes every other Thursday. If you want to get to know our community and be a part of it, you can always jump on our Instagram, which is Ask Us Why with two Ys. And you can also check out our shop at Ask Us Why Shop. And you can see all the different apparel options that we sell and our different accessories, our newest drops that we're coming out with. So you can stay up to date with everything that we're doing. We hope you love these episodes. And with that being said, let's jump into this. All right, bro. Well, we're live. We're recording. We're in the studio. Cool stuff. In the lion's den. Uh, introduce yourself. Let the world know who you are. What's up? Uh, my name is Zach, and <laughs> I am the leader, founder of Backyard Church. That's and me. and what the heck is Backyard <laughs> Church, bro? Dude, yeah. So it's just a young adults ministry. Yeah. Um, started. During the pandemic, um, okay. so it's a little controversial, to say the least, as far as that goes. <laughs> but uh, I think most people in Arizona are on your side. Yeah, they're pretty chill here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we started this ministry. I mean, at the time, we didn't know what it was. It was just a young adult's ministry. At the time, it would mean anybody could come. Um, but yeah, we started this thing uh, in the midst of the uh, pandemic, July. Yeah. And... Um, everything was shut down. No churches were open. I mean, my friends were sick of not being able to worship for months. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just, what's going on? Yeah. Like, like we need to worship. And so, you know, Hebrews 10, 25 says, do not forsake the gathering of people. And so we wanted to take that, you know, to the moon and we we're just preaching and telling people like, guys, we need to gather. Right. And so... We, I knew at the time I was working, you know, volunteering at this church. I knew some worship people, um, worship people, I knew some worship people, uh, <laughs> people that on the worship team and, uh, <laughs> some worshiping some people. Worship, yes. Just some <laughs> worshiping people, those guys that sing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I called them up and got some friends together and we just like, we just decided to like have a little worship night. That's all it was. Yeah. And, um, Basically, I filmed a TikTok. Nice. As you know, things get viral nice. with TikTok. And so I filmed a TikTok and um, I basically got that all figured out from the first night, filmed it, and I posted it everywhere. Everywhere. And so I sent it to everyone that was like there and I said, share this on it, on Instagram, share yeah. it with everyone. And so we each, it was like three or four of us, no, like three of us that started it. Mm-hmm. We each got like 20 or 30 DMs each. Just like, where is this? Like, where can we go? Like, how do we get there? Um, And so we had them, we sent the address to them and then we did it again. So we're just like, okay, let's do one more week. (laughs) And then. And this was during like quarantine time? Pretty much, uh, so like March of 2020. This is July. July. So I mean, I think so. You guys are gathering in the summer, bro. We're gathering in the summer. Okay, so the first time we did it in the in the bungalow. So they the call it they call it the bungalow. That's what I call this place, dude. Oh really? I call this my little bungalow. <laughs> there you go. I love there it. There you go. So they call it the bungalow. So it's my pastor. Um. So I used to uh. Well, 
I now work there, but at Cornerstone Church, <laughs> I volunteered at Cornerstone Church okay. for a while. Let's go. And um, the men's pastor, who's been such a great friend to me, um, pastor to me, whatever, um, mm-hmm. he opened up his house because his his children were my students that I was leading. I was leading in the high school ministry. Yeah. And so that's how we had access to that property. And so when we first decided to start it out, um, we were hanging out at his house and we're just having dinner because he would invite us over for dinner all the time, me and my buddy um, mm-hmm. that we, we I started with. And we were just chilling there and his daughter was like, what if we had a worship night? Yeah. And I was like, that'd be so sick. Like, let's do it. And he was like, you can do it in the bungalow because he had just built it. Mm. Um, he's a so would that be man. like the other word for like a casita? Yeah, it's like a casita. Okay. But he calls it the bungalow because it's like half barn. So if you saw it, it's like, <laughs> it looks like a barn. Yeah. And um, like... Maybe like seventy percent of it is a is like a barn. Okay, it's like where they have like intentionally like, because he has animals. No, not like, I guess not like actual like he puts like storage like all of his like they're on like an acre and a half uh, or okay. two maybe like two acres of land. Wow. So he like puts his like stuff tools whatever and he like built the thing and then um, the other part was gonna be a casita. So it wasn't doesn't have anything. It didn't have anything in it yet. He right. just built like the space for somebody to live in. Got you. And he was like, you can have it in this, and so that's where we used it. Um, and yeah, so it, it was indoor in this little AC unit. So in July, it wasn't that bad. But then when we realized, you know, we had like 50 people show up and we realized if we're going to keep doing this, you know, we're going to have to move it outside because we were maxed out. We were maxed out space. Dang. So, so yeah. you were, you were forced out by choice. We we're forced Without out by choice. choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then we moved it outside. I think the second time we had like 85 people show up. That's crazy. Like that. So, I mean, you guys, I mean, everyone just had to sit on the ground, right? You guys didn't have chairs. <laughs> yeah, no. So we did. We set up, we had chairs, but we didn't have enough because my dad had some. And so I brought out like 20 chairs, I think. Nice. And we still have them there. It's funny. We haven't, like, I've never brought them back. So, so like awkwardly <laughs> 20 people were sitting and then the rest were on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So we, that was the problem. <laughs> we realized that was a problem at first. And so then, <laughs> then we, we realized that was a problem. So then we, what is that? Is that James that calls out the, um, the favoritism? Of giving like the rich man the seat in the house of the yeah. church. Yeah, I think so. I don't even. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like giving them all the chairs. Like just go. So we, we thought that was a problem. So we're just like, okay, we don't want people sitting in the chairs and on the floor. So right. we got rid of the chairs. We're just like, bring a blanket. And it just became a thing. Yeah. So we do it to this day. It's just like, bring a blanket, sit on the floor. That's awesome. And everyone just sits on the floor. Yeah. Because I know that grass for me, I get so itchy so fast. So yeah. Like, if I'm not like. <laughs> or wet. Yeah. Or wet. 100%. So. <laughs> If you uh, if you don't have a blanket, do they like do people bring pillows and like cushions and stuff too? Or they kind no. of escalated it. No, I know there's those people out there. Some people would bring like an air mattress. No, no, not an air, not an air mattress. Some people would. I'm bring... giving people ideas right <laughs> yeah, now. You're I know you into this. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would bring like other own chairs. Some mm-hmm. people, one person like brought his dog one time. It's like <laughs> real backyard church. Yeah. Like, I remember I was like, I was like giving announcements or something. And yeah. I was like, dude, this guy brought his dog and everybody was like freaking out. He's a puppy at the time. That's why he probably brought it for the girls. Cause it was a puppy. Yeah. It's a, it's one of the fastest ways to get a girlfriend. Yeah, it really is. Or just to get attention from the anybody. Gender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's awesome. yeah, that's pretty much. So what do you guys do at backyard church? Okay. So, it's essentially a worship night. A lot, a lot, a lot of it's changed. So, I mean, at the time we were filling a need, right? So, I mean, yeah. we were just like a church. 
Um, and it was like, yo, like we're starting a church. I remember getting so excited. I was like, oh yeah, we're starting a church. Like, like, I'm like, dude, was, you probably were coming up with all the cheesy names dude. for a church too. Yeah. We didn't have a name at the time. I'm sure we didn't have a like, name. We're going to be watermark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Living yeah. streams. Life church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never heard of it before. Yeah. It's brand new. <laughs> I always think that process is just so funny of like how churches come to the names that they come up with. Yeah. Cause sometimes they kind of make these names. You're like, okay, it's kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Life right. church, hope church, love church, Jesus, yeah. the church of Jesus. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's, yeah. I wonder if in, uh, I guess like probably during the times of the apostles, they probably just called it whoever's house for the church. Cause that's where they used to host a lot of church was yeah. in like houses where they would rent yeah. out a space. So they're like, Hey, you going to Paul's place tonight for church? Paul's place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally probably just named it. Yeah. Should just named it Brent, Brent's church. What? <laughs> That would be sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zach's gathering. Zach's Zach's gathering. Yeah. Zachyard Church. Zachyard Church. <laughs> Plenty of name <laughs> options. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so basically we just worship. Um, we have give a little message. So when we first started, um, I would invite. I would invite other pastors to come and speak. And so it was just cool. It was just cool rotation. I think I allowed people to use their gifts. Um my buddy spoke the first time i spoke the second time and then i had one of my other friends speak the third time and then i just brought in some other people i had another young adults pastor come out and i started gathering young adult pastors yeah. just like oh this is cool so the next week i just did another young adults pastor another young adults pastor and it's like all these different churches kind of coming together and then in my head i was like oh it's kind of like this uniting has this uniting factor it's like everybody yeah. kind of coming together um to worship and hear a message from like their person um but yeah so it's basically just a, a gathering of people we've definitely made it more young adults focused right um it's a gathering of people young adults come together worship jesus hear the message um and that's and we'll now plug them into the local church yeah so we've gone through some changes like i said um i think for a while we were if i can kind of go off on yes this, um floor is yours we we're trying to figure out really what we what we are mm -hmm. and we were filling a need obviously at the time and then there was like not really a need because churches were open and so now you have all these people that just come once a month so we made it a once a month gathering mm -hmm. so it's just a once a month worship night and um i when we first started i did small groups and because there was nothing around for people to get fit into right and so will we continued on there's not really a need anymore. We're still doing small groups. We're still gathering. And it was like, we're in this in between of like, are we a church? Are we a young adults ministry? Yeah. Like, what are you? And our name is backyard church. And right. so we're just like, okay, so this is like kind of misleading if we're trying to be a young adults ministry. And then me thinking about like, there was a while where I was like, man, this could really be a church. And I'm like, I need to really take charge of this thing. So then I started to speak more. Um, I started getting like our leaders to speak more. Um, and less of that, like inviting the young, you, you know, young adult pastors to come mm -hmm. in. And it really took me a while. Um, and I think this whole year, the Lord was just like telling me to be patient. So I was being patient the entire time, which is like what the Lord really wants me to do with this ministry. And then I just started praying about it. We met with our board because like, we're like thinking we want to make this thing like a nonprofit. We've been wanting to do that. We've been wanting to do that for so long. Yeah. And, um, so we met with our board for like the first time. It was like me and me and my uh, my uh, uh, fellow like my comrades, fellow comrade. Yeah, <laughs> me and Nick. His name's Nick. So I was meeting with Nick. Um, he's I believe like I my, met Nick the other day. 
oh. met him at Black Rock <laughs> He said Coffee. he met you. Yeah. He literally, t- I was on the phone with him on the way here. He's like, dude, I met your guy. I met the guy that you're going to go hang out with. Uh, <laughs> he came into the, uh, Black Rock. Um, and so me and Nick met with the board. Anyways, they basically said, guys, you need to figure out the direction of this ministry. Right. And so after that, I, I sat Nick down after they left. And I was just like, dude, we need to figure this out now. Yeah. Because this can be really bad. We need to figure out if we're a ministry or for a church. And we need to figure that out now because there's no direction. And we're just like wandering around. Yeah. We're on, we're wandering around blind. Yeah. And um, there needs to be a purpose for us to like go and achieve that goal. Um, there needs to be direction for where we're supposed to be headed. And uh, we owe that to the people that come. And so I was thinking about it with him brainstorming. And, and I was just like, dude, I think young adults ministry is where I want to go. Cause I was always so scared mm-hmm. for a while. I was so scared. I was like, Lord, like God, if this is, what you want me to do? I, I don't know if I'm ready to church plant. I don't right. know if I'm ready to be a pastor right now. Um, like this is a lot. And so I basically talked to Nick about it and I was like, dude, I think young adults ministry is the direction we should be going in. And he was like, I agree. And, um, so we thought about all the things we should do. So it's funny cause we're in the process of doing this right now. Um, but if this comes out after March 6th, yeah, Which hopefully it, it will. I won't. I won't spoil it. I won't bring it out early because <laughs> we're announcing. It. That'd it's be funny. the worst. We're announcing it to the congregation on yeah. March sixth. Let's go. So, um, so this will come out after, so you can just pretend like we're after March sixth right now. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, basically, young adults ministry plugs people into the local church um, that gathers once a month. That's what we're trying to do. Um, we're we, we change our name, so we're Backyard Ministries now. Oh. Um, we got our incorporated actually today. Ooh, um, so we have our inco- like literally as I was driving here i no got way. an email from the lawyer and he was like it went through you guys are nonprofit status wow. um so backyard ministries is our organization Let's go. um we are a young adults ministry focused on gathering young adults providing a place for them to worship and plugging them into the local church so we want to we want us to be the place that is the connection point for young adults yeah um and so people can come and then also the place where people like they can come and get connected totally um but and like meet other believers but also it's a place where the, the churches in the local area can come and unite as well. Mm. So it's basically the model that we were doing before. And so we want to partner with other ministries, um, other churches, and have their pastors come speak, um, be a part of what we're doing, partner yeah. with them, kind of do the same thing we're doing before. We want to have really big gatherings. We want to have really big gathering at the beginning, and then hopefully a really big gathering at the end. So April is going to be huge. Um, if you hear this, okay. come to the April gathering. All <laughs> it's right. going to be insane. Um, a lot of cool things happening, but we basically just want to have like really massive gatherings, worship gatherings, people can come yeah, to totally. um, and then hear like the word, get connected, get plugged in, meet their friends, meet community. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're a ministry leader and you're serving at rock point, right. right. Um, backyard can be that place where you can go and just let your hair down and you're not, it's not affiliated with anything. Right. You get to worship, you get to get filled up, yeah. you get to be away from like just you know your routine or whatever you're part of you know totally because that's kind of like that's that's our heart yeah that's our heart dang in a nutshell so yeah. that's that's where you guys are at now <laughs> yeah that's where right now it's you're fresh into it fresh into it man today it's today literally today <laughs> yeah we'll so i'm excited yeah that's so cool so yeah. you you said you and nick started it together 
So me and my buddy Colin okay. started at first. Um, Colin, Colin is gone. <laughs> Colin's gone. <laughs> so me and my friend Colin and Lily, two of them, um, they both graduated. So they got like big boy jobs, big boy, big girl jobs. Um, and I uh, felt like the Lord was just calling him towards that, which is totally fine. Love yeah. him to death. Um, just a little like salty. Like my best friends. No. Nah, nah, <laughs> I mean, I, I wish they were there. I wish Colin was there. Yeah. Um, Colin, if you're listening to this, bro, wish you were here. Um, <laughs> no, but he comes. They support. Lily comes. She supports uh, my people. And so, but yeah, they're they're not they're not there anymore. But Nick Nick's like my best friend. He like comes and he supports and he helps out him and his fiance. Yeah. Maddie have been great. So um, that and also like the whole team obviously been amazing. Totally. So, yeah. Um, why, why only college? Why not do high school? Um, why not do older than college? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer. Yeah. I think, I think it's just kind of like what fell into my lap. Totally. So it's like, why not steward that? Well, is there potential for that in the future? Yeah, probably. Um, could it be more, you know, there's so many avenues this could go into. Right. Um, but having it, young adult focus right now, which yeah. is such a great place to start. Just the way that things are going. Like young adult ministries are blowing up like no other right now. Like why? Mm-hmm. I want to know why. I yeah. don't know why. I think partially it's because they didn't exist before. Like I really think that it's like a lack. There's been a lack of ministry within, I think specifically college age kids. So yeah. I think like GCU has been a funnel for a lot of that because mm-hmm. GCU is obviously like a private Christian college. So everybody that's there is involved with, you know, the gathering or chapel yeah. or they may have gathering twice now, right? Gatherings Something on Tuesdays like and Thursdays. They got like stuff everywhere. You got like <laughs> life leaders. So like everything there is obviously like filtering into that for the majority though, of people that are going to like a, an ASU or U of A or to an NAU just for Arizona as an example, like they don't get that. And their college, yeah. their, their churches that they go to might do that. But I also know there's a lot of churches that have a youth ministry because that's been the standard. But usually they think that that ends at high school because then you become an adult. So then you just become a part of the congregation. But they don't realize that between these those ages of 18 to 25 is where like most of the development comes in yeah. of like what it means to be an adult. Because yeah. you get the high school experience, kind of. You kind of learn here and there some things, a little bit of responsibility. But you're still under your parents' roof. And it's true. I mean, sometimes if you're like commuting, I guess you're still kind of under your parents' roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like a lot more independence for the most part. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of influence in the world right now. So it's it's hot. I think people like yeah. it. I feel like high school, it's like you, you, feel, you feel like you're an adult, but yeah. you're not. And then same with when you're a young adult, but you're more mature, you have more understanding of things and so it's like stewarding when you're in high school high school's your world right and then you get out of high school and you're a young adult yeah you're just like wow like it doesn't all revolve around me anymore right and so it's like figuring that out and i think that with your faith is huge um and i think you were talking you know talk about it before just like the whole like deconstruction thing that's happening right now yeah and so it's just you know, you get out of high school. Do you have a foundation with your faith? Um, if you do, are you getting fed? Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think young adults today are probably just, especially young adults that are Christian. Yeah. Coming out of high school, are probably like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you're right. There's just a need for this generation to have areas to be plugged into. Totally. Um, and maybe that's just why they're blowing up so much. Yeah. It's like it's been made more real to them. 
Totally. There's so many, and there's there's fake Christians everywhere. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's been made more real. Yeah. Um. Well, I think so uh, is another nice. group also the collective. I think I've, mm-hmm. have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Maybe are they also like a college gathering type group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like, I mean, there's I think the other like groups are in different areas and they're they're blowing up. But yeah, like I they're both of those are I think pretty brand new to the area. I don't know. Do you know how long Collective has been around for? I, I don't. So from what I know from being here locally and stuff, like it looks like both of them are pretty new. So yeah. I can I can definitely attest to the fact that this is something that's picking up, but people love it. And I think oh, that sure. I think that even more, I mean off the top of your head, if you know, do you know what percentage of the people gathering are coming from like GCU and then outside of GCU? Coming or, to backyard? Yeah, coming to backyard. If you had to like ballpark it. A lot from GCU. A lot from GCU. Yeah. Which GCU. I think a big portion of that is because people are looking for somewhere to get off campus because yeah. when you're on campus and you're in a extremely I'm and that's why it's really, really fascinating to go with uh, the name backyard. And I think that that plays a huge role into it Yeah, because it creates that sense of like a lot more intimate yeah. in the, in the grand scheme of it, because yeah. you can go to a corporate gathering of worship at chapel or the gathering itself, but you're in a room with like over a thousand students or more. And it's awesome, but I personally don't connect well with that. Yeah. I think that for me, like I actually struggle with that because it's just so much noise and I'm like, mm. I can just get lost in my thoughts right now. Like yeah. I can't even hear my own words coming out of my mouth trying to praise God. And it's like, am I saying these words or am I just kind of like screaming with the rest of everyone? But I love any kind of like acoustic, intimate session of worship where I can hear what I'm saying, but I don't feel like I'm screaming at the top of my lungs to where yeah. like everyone else is doing around me and I can't focus. But like, it, it adds that connection of like, I really do feel like I'm being fed and like God's here and I'm feeling that. And that's, I think just personally me, but I think that that's what a lot of people that are kind of getting into these kind of groups, especially like backyard churches, like that seems awesome is because it's way more intimate than your like conventional or your uh, traditional gathering of like corporate gatherings of churches and that kind of stuff. One of the things you mentioned was small groups. So yeah. what do you guys do with small groups? So we're ending small groups gone <laughs> so it's gone mind. next question <laughs> small groups is ending um it's well it ended um so it's it's gone um and yeah we felt like if we were going to be a young adults yeah focus ministry mm-hmm. we don't want to be a church and so that, that part of that came with the name change it's like nick said he made a good point he yeah. said we should change the name um and so it shouldn't be backyard church it should be backyard ministry that way people know um, and it took us a while to kind of figure out what name we wanted to put. Didn't want to change backyard though. Cause most people say backyard. Oh, we're going to backyard. Yeah. So that's what we want it to be. And to kind of relay off what you said too, just like the intimacy factor. That's what we want. Yeah. We want that intimacy. We want people to understand like this place where you can let your hair down. Um, totally. Just be, like be free and just worship how you worship. Yeah. You know, um, we've had people sitting down with people laying down and people standing up with people dancing with people walking around praying. Like it's just kind of yeah. like a free place for people to come. Totally. Which is super cool. But small groups, ended uh we thought that was another thing it was like well we don't want people plugging into ourselves mm-hmm. um we want to plug people into the local church and we feel yeah. like we're doing them an injustice um in that sense and so we just want to steward god's church really right. well totally um and we just felt like that was the best way to go about it yeah yeah so uh did you find like worshiping people and uh that's how you guys got like a worship team going. How yeah, you guys so we got our team? got our worship people, um, <laughs> but yeah, they we 
we, so I have some friends that do worship at different churches. And so we basically got them to come um, and just do worship with us. And it's just once a month. Just once a month. So it's not that big of a commitment. No. We got a couple people to commit, like actually commit. And so they do it. They're a part of the ministry and they do it for us every month. And then they'll bring somebody on every now and then, which is really cool because you get our traditional sweet acoustic voices every single month. Mm -hmm. Um, But then every now and then we'll have, you know, they'll bring on another singer from GCU or from another church, yeah, which is really sweet. So it's kind of like what we're doing for bringing on guest speakers, but mm. with worship. Totally. Which is really fascinating because you're not married to like one group of people that always lead worship. So it allows for more perspective and different methods of how they choose to worship. So is yeah. it, uh, is it like acoustic guitar, cajon, uh-huh. uh, tambourine, that kind of style? Not, no tambourine. <laughs> triangle. <laughs> yeah, no triangle. Only, That'd be so obnoxious. No. So we only have, I mean, most of the time it's just like two two worship leaders okay and for sure on keys we got a keys player yeah he, he leads um and then we do um and then he, his fiance does the another vocals just mm-hmm. vocals and so and then every now and then we'll have uh somebody on guitar just come and do guitar totally. but other than that that's pretty much it so are you guys trying to be more um so now i'm trying to get an understanding so because now you're going to take on this more of a ministry shift um, do you want to focus more on the community aspect of just getting people together or do you want to focus on like the messages you guys are preaching more or is it, it just a place of worship for a little bit and then hanging out? So like, what is the dynamic going to kind of flow as, or what do you think it's going to flow as kind of going forth? Yeah. I want people to hear the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to hear about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want them to hear about what he did on the cross. And so totally. that's just like. That's my heart behind it. Yeah. And so however the pastors want to go about it, mm-hmm. we can we can talk with them. Um, we rotate, we'll rotate speakers. So I'll speak um, at a couple of them, but then we're also going to have, we have guest speakers come. But it'll be centered around the gospel message and just sharing the love of Jesus and whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, so they have the freedom, which is kind of cool because it's not like we have like anything specific. Right. And I love how already every speaker brings their own their own unique way, yeah. unique thing to, right. to, to the table. Cause they're all going to do something different. Right. And I think what's cool too is there every time we invite a speaker on, they're going to do something unique cause they're going to want to, because right. they're coming to this thing that they got invited to. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be more willing to, you know, do something different mm-hmm. um, or to like really go kind of go out of, out of the box to like make something really cool for the night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, we organize that. Um, and we want the community obviously to be, community people to meet people from yeah. like other churches and stuff get plugged in so we have an area for people to get plugged in and we're working with partnering with certain churches that's awesome so just trying to grow that totally so you're gonna be doing this uh this is still just gonna be once a month that you guys gather or yeah. is the goal to increase that attendance slash events i don't think we're gonna increase i think once a month is good yeah yeah it i, really I is like a good it. number it's perfect but do you think that now is this something you want to lean into because how many more years do you have left at gcu I graduate this spring. So you graduate. So yeah, when you're right. out, is your focus going to be like 100% backyard church? Or are you going to be like, well, I'm going to get a job and backyard church is going to be my ministry that I do outside of that? Or do you kind of have a vision of something else? Yeah. So I feel... So the Lord the Lord called me into full-time ministry totally. um, a long time ago. She never really accepted it until recently mm-hmm. uh, or you know a few years ago. And so as I started to really like get into understanding... Um, my calling. Um, 
I've like, I want to do ministry. I want to do pastoral ministry. It's where the Lord's called me to lead, yeah. um, to shepherd, to steward people towards Jesus. And so, um, I could get a job somewhere else and do backyard full time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing backyard full time. I'm doing it full time right now. Right. Um, but it's like not paying. So yeah. Right. Um, I was like praying about it. I said, Lord, I can get a job, coffee shop, whatever, somewhere just to right. pay, the, you know, pay the bills. Um, and do this on the side, or I can get a job at a church. Yeah. And so I got a job at a church. I'm working with a pastor that um, I look up to, and he's been, he offered me a job and working with him for a couple of years. And so um, he offered me a job to work with him. It's not the same guy that uh, gave you his backyard to use, is it? Nope, not Brent. No. He does work at the same church. So it's at Cornerstone. Oh, okay. It's at Cornerstone Church. And so uh, Brent's the men's pastor. Um, and then Landon's the. Uh, pastor over all the children's ministry. Okay. And so I got a job to work with him, which is super gotcha. cool. So I get to like work with him and have that cool dynamic of being able to work with him, um, yeah. work with that team. Mm-hmm. And then I also get to do backyard full time, which yeah. is really neat. That's pretty it's awesome. really neat. Yeah. It's awesome. So what's your backyard, uh, your background with your faith? Have you always been a believer? Did you grow up in a believing household or did you come to the faith later on in life? Like how did you come to experience the the grace of Jesus? Yeah. Great question. Um, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home. I know people get like, Oh, I hate when people say that. Whatever. I was ready. I was raised in a Christian. I home. was raised in a Christian. Home. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, I was born a Christian. Um, no, I didn't accept Jesus or I wasn't saved until I was eight years old. Okay. I was eight. I didn't think I was eight. And I look back at pictures of my baptism. And I was eight years old. I was like, wow. <laughs> it's got like the, the yellow dates printed exactly. on like the, <laughs> yeah, the thing. The and you're like, yo, what? 2007? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. I'm like, holy crap. It was a long time ago. Um, I was eight, uh, living for the world though. Didn't know what it meant to be. Um, a believer mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's a difference between being a Christian uh, but uh, or being a believer um, than having the Lord like Jesus the Lord over your life mm-hmm. and I think a lot of Christians have that messed up and you know, Jesus talks about this um, you know just like uh, in like parables about um, having you know there's certain people that is a, I think a parable of the sower and just yeah. like where you plant and like how people grow and uh, their faith and how they receive it and what they're doing with it and stuff and so mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think about. There's a lot of Christians out there that don't actively pursue their faith or have right. just the Lord over their life. Um, and they're running in circles thinking they're still chained when they're, mm-hmm. the Lord set them free. And so for me, that was that was my story. Um, I was like a dog chasing my tail. Mm-hmm. Um, or how scripture likes to say, like just returning to my vomit. You know, yeah. just like not, not living a life that was glorifying to the Lord in any way. Um, just kind of like living in my sin, not being a Christian, right. not having the Lord over my life, even though he had paid the, you know, his, his yeah. blood paid the price for, uh, my sin, uh, for, to, to set me free, to make me a new creation. So you would w- um, be what, uh, or at that point, what we call a nominal Christian. So like you just had the name, just that the was name. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I mean like, yeah, I was eight, but I'm talking like all the way up until like high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't until the end of high school is when like, you know, the world kind of really started to like everything was yeah it hit me hard i was like holy crap like what i'm doing is Mm -hmm. this is just not this is just not it and so i had been told for you know years by my pastors like you're gonna be a pastor one day laugh in their face like no i'm not (laughs) um i had been told by 
had been confirmed by like so many people. I just like never wanted to believe it. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of my faith journey, basically just living of the world, not realizing who I was in Jesus mm-hmm. and then getting to a point where it all came crashing down. Yeah. And then me putting all my faith into the one thing that I had left, which was Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then him building me back, healing me, bringing me back to building me up to who he wants me to be, restoring yeah. me. Um, which has been these past three years. It's been awesome. Yeah. So I would, yeah, it's like, if you would have told me three, four years ago that I'd be here right now, mm-hmm. I would have been like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Love That's that. what God does now. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the exact moment that like you had this whole turnaround or was it like a progression and then it just happened to something tipped over the iceberg and yeah, I mean, yeah, there were, so people, people get so caught up in the moment that they're saved mm-hmm. and it kind of annoys me because it's like, it puts this perspective, this puts this like, it puts this pressure on you to have like a date and time when you were saved. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember my date and time, right? but I had the Holy Spirit the entire time. That's all that matters, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I know I was eight. could have been before then. I have no idea. Um, Lord called me. He chose me. Like, yeah. I, I was saved. I don't know um, when. And a lot of people do. And if you do, that's great. That's awesome. Like, that's super cool. But I think for me, it was just like, I had the Holy Spirit. was living in the world. I was free from sin. Didn't really understand what that meant. And my chains were broken. And then once the way that I was living ran out, yeah, like the, the, the tape ran out, you know, yeah, um, is when things started crashing down. That's when I realized like this, this isn't going to work. And mm-hmm. so I was a Christian yeah, per se, right? Um, all I had left was Jesus. So I just ran back to him. And so, yeah, I was like, out of you know, it was during this healing process when like things kind of, you know, I ran to him and I was just like praying to him and I just started to pursue him. I mean, it wasn't a daily thing. Mm-hmm. It was a everyday thing or like, it wasn't like a moment thing. It was an everyday thing. Yeah. And so it was a slow progression over time of me fu- fully being obedient to him. Um, and what he's called me to, to be, what he's called me to do, um, being in community, going to church, um, praying to him, um, just being with him. Yeah. And not so much like I wasn't like doing a ton of things. I was just being with him and I was just making him the Lord over my life and all the Mm -hmm. decisions, um, repenting of what I've done, whatever it was. And then, yeah, there was a, you know, I had a worship night. I went to a a few, I went to a college ministry for, I think like a few months. And it was just like, every time I went, I just like kept bawling my eyes out. I'm like, Mm -hmm. gosh, Lord, like, what are you doing? Um, and there's just so many areas that the Lord is just healing me on. And yeah, it just came full circle. I think there was, as far as like my surrendering goes to him, mm-hmm. I just remember being just like bawling my eyes out. It was me and my dog. Um, and I was like writing in my journal. And I just told the Lord, I was just like, God, like you can just, you can have me. Like I'm just, I'm sorry for, and this is after I had like ran to him. It was just yeah. like in that process. I'm talking mm-hmm. like in that process. One of the nights. And I just remember telling him, I was like, Lord, you can have me, whatever you want to do with me, do with me. Because I, every time I try, I keep messing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, every time I try to do it myself, I keep messing up. I screw it up every time. 
And Lord, I'm sick of trying to control my life. You can have me. Take all of me. And mm-hmm. I fully surrendered myself to him. I was like, you can have me. Just whatever. Like, right. I, I was almost out of like, <laughs> I was almost kind of upset. It's kind of just yeah. like, fine. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I knew like, this is just, that's all I had. That's all the only option I had. It's just fully surrendered myself to totally. him. Totally. Yeah. History. We had a previously, ta- uh, previously talked about it before podcasts had started that um, one of those moments for me was getting to witness someone else that was just like on fire for the Lord. And getting to see his love for Jesus and his confidence and his demeanor, everything about him. And I was just like, shoot, that's what I should be acting like. Like I should be experiencing the natural fruit of the spirit that's joy and like be exhibiting that. And so that was just something for me that kind of started my process of kind of doing the same thing, being like a nominal Christian, just kind of going through the motions until that turnaround. Were you in this entire process? Were you still, you said you were still involved with church? Like you were going to like church services and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, I was going, but I was going with a different mindset. Totally. I wasn't just going to go. Right. I was like going to like be with God. Yeah. Even, even in the time where you didn't feel like you were, pursuing him or are you saying after that i'm saying during yeah during the time during the time that it was like that that like restoring process for me during that time so it's like probably the beginning so if this happened three years ago Mm -hmm. it was probably like the first year yeah of like so but before that in that that. like eight eight years old kind of all the way up into that high school Mm -hmm. time where you said the tape was running out yeah were you still involved like i was just going to church yeah because i did the same thing i was involved in the leadership i was Mm -hmm. involved in all the ministries the summer vbs's i was on like everything and anything you think of yeah and i was super involved with the church Mm -hmm. but like if any of them saw what my life was like outside of it or where my heart was, yeah. they know in a heartbeat that I was just putting on a front yeah. when I walked in those doors. Yeah, um, that was me. Which I think is really common. I think it's more yeah. common than not for believers that have grown up in the church for them to be like, my parents are telling me I need to go to this. Yeah. I need to you know, go through the motions. Parents want me here. I don't really have a choice. They're kind of throwing me into this. And that's kind of how it was for me too. Like My parents were like, you need to go back to youth group. And I was like... <laughs> No, <laughs> you're like, you yeah. need to go. And at first I really liked it. And the reason why is because I struggled with community. Yeah. And when I saw that they welcomed me in and they saw me and they saw me as like a body and they actually like recognized me and knew me by name. I was like, this is actually really cool. Cause like people see me cause wow. I had such a hard time feeling seen leading up to that wow. with my, my testimony of like bouncing around from school to school, never having friends, only had one friend like ever. Wow. Um, and so when like I first got into like church, I was like, I feel seen like this is really cool. Wow. So that's how I got into it. Yeah. But then after a while I was like, all right, now I feel seen. And yeah. then like, that's where the guy's pride comes in where you think you're the ish and walk the streets and stuff. <laughs> and that's where like that journey started for me of like, yeah, I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to pretend to, you know, be all these things. But I didn't pray outside of church, like read my Bible. Yeah. Like I got better things to do with my time. Mm-hmm. And so like I had that, but I think that that is really common. And I think that more people than not have probably experienced that to some degree where we talk about this idea of like being born again. And so it's like, Oh, like this is my born again date or something like that. Right. And so, there's obviously like a lot of people that have rededicated their life to Christ because they went through that period. And I think that for believers that have grown up in the church, they kind of just did that naturally once they got into like either that high school or college phase. But I really find that interesting that like that seems to be a reoccurring issue. So mm. I want to pick your brain. Yeah. How do you, how do you think we fix something like that? 
how do we how do we like break the mold of of such a consistent problem that I think we're still seeing and probably is going to consistently happen unless like something changes. Dude, we we teach people. I mean, it's like it sounds so simple, but I just like like I spoke at a um FCA the other day mm-hmm. or a couple weeks ago. And um it, and I gave this message when I was talking at I think the last time on our last backyard and it was just, it's just a foundation. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand something and then it like clicks and you really understand. It's like, you know stuff and then you don't really know it until it just like clicks. I think that's how it was for me with this, but man, I just like my heart for young Christians, high school students to know the foundation. Yeah. How can we break it down for them to understand? How can we break it down for them to understand that they're made new? Like yeah. they're, a, they're a new creation. Scripture says that the old has passed away. The new it's, the news has come, yeah. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, and then it also talks about how your chains are broken. Yeah. You're no longer bound to sin. It says that you're, you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to righteousness. Yeah. Like my, I'm just like, how, how can we, how can we make young Christians understand the foundation yeah. of like, like, Hey, what you're doing is hindering you from a full relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Because you don't understand that you're set free. You don't understand that you've been made new. Um, you don't understand that you're adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never understood those concepts until I like really started to pursue Jesus. And I was thinking about that because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I just kept you know, returning to my vomit. I kept just like doing the same things over and over again. And the Lord just like, obviously his grace kept abounding, but I just never understood the implications of those things. Yeah. And I never understood that I was already set free from them. Mm-hmm. And so we can get so hard on ourselves. I think like the, the shame, you know, shame cycles and stuff. It's right. like, Oh, I mess up once. And then, Oh, well I suck. I'm a piece of garbage. So I'm going to keep messing <laughs> up again. Right. Whatever sin yeah. it is. And so I just like my heart, just like aches for the people that just don't really understand that. And yeah. it's just like, and I, that's what I, I told this, these high school students at the FCA, I told them and I was just like being bold. I was like, I was so stern with them. I was like, guys, <laughs> like I did what you're doing. I ran around in circles. Okay. And, uh, it doesn't work. And the only way that you're going to know if it does, is if you have faith, mm-hmm. like Jesus calls us to active faith and we're not going to know, we're not going to know what that life abundantly that Jesus talks about having this mm-hmm. life abundantly is going to be if we don't actively pursue Jesus and we try it. Yeah. And so if we don't make the Lord over our life, we're never going to understand what it's like to have the Lord over our life. And right. If we're too scared to do it, then it's like, like, where's your trust? Where's your faith? Like that's where faith comes in. God's not going to just, God's not going to just make it easy for you. Otherwise there'd be no faith. Right. And so anyways, it's just like, it's just like having them. I want students to understand. I want people. I don't know. I don't know who, whoever it is, Christians that just think that they could just live their life and like, oh, I open my Bible once a day. It's like, whatever. Like, I want them to actually understand who Jesus is. I want yeah. them to have Jesus over their life. Oh, amen um, to that. And um, yeah, not just keep running in circles and hindering their ability to really taste um, the beauty of like who He is. I, I had somebody. Sorry, I'm like going off this tangent. You just had me rolling. Let's just go, like bro. Just, I like just spoke about this. I'm just like, but I had this ex- ex- analogy brought up to me. It's like, it's like the Lord has prepared for us like a steak dinner. 
Mm. And it's just think about the fanciest restaurant ever. Mm. It's a steak dinner. It's just delicious, right? You got the mashed potatoes. You got like everything. Just fancy, fancy, the nicest wagyu beef, whatever. Okay, you got like <laughs> really nice steak dinner. Yeah. Um, and he wants to give that to us. He's prepared it for us, but but you're settling for a Big Mac down the street yeah. at McDonald's, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, like you just you keep settling for this one thing that might taste really good in the moment, but you know, afterwards you're like, oh, why did I do that? You know. Yeah, I think Taco Bell would be like, a good analogy too. <laughs> yeah, <or Taco Bell. laughs> yeah, are you settling for Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, I just, man, my heart just aches for people. I'm just like, man, taste. Mm. Like, if you could just taste the steak dinner. Yeah. If you could just taste the love of Jesus, just having him the Lord of your life. Like when, like John 4, when he's like talking to him at the well, and he's just like, and you will thirst no more. It's just like, wow. Mm. What if we live that? Yeah. Like, you can. Yeah. You know? You don't live it when you keep returning to your sin. Yeah. You don't live that when you doing the things that you think are going to satisfy you because you don't have enough faith in the Lord or trust in him. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can be super convicting. I'm like, Oh, Zach's being so harsh. Like, no, I'm doing this because I care about you and I love you. And it's like, man, yeah. I've tasted it. Just walk in it. Just try it, please. Yeah. My heart just aches for those people that don't understand the love of Jesus in a way that just, ah, uh, I just, people, uh, people mistaken passion for aggression sometimes. Yeah. Especially in today's age. It's so funny. <laughs> I tell my, my girlfriend, she uh sometimes we can get in like not arguments we don't like argue about things yeah. uh really i mean sometimes we do but like whenever it's like we're having like intense like if i'm having if i'm getting passionate about something yep um i always <laughs> tell her it's funny i always tell her like don't confuse my passion for anger yeah I'm not mad yeah um that's so true <laughs> yeah i can tell you're a passionate guy i get really i get really into it man <laughs> <He> gets, <laughs> I, I try to keep the smile smile on my face otherwise people would be like man, this guy's <laughs> mad no i'm not i promise Yo, he's pissed. I promise. This guy's heated, man. I just get passionate about things. I care so much. No, I love that, dude. Yeah, I agree. I think there's something solid in there about how we, I think that, uh, especially like in youth ministry, we, we, we talk about the gospel message, but it wasn't even till later on that I even understood communion, communion, like my church didn't even teach me that kind of stuff. And it was just the simple messages about like love others and like be kind and forgive them and like good messages. They're awesome. But I don't think everyone ever really gave me like, and, and not to say that, you know, I'm, I obviously received the gospel and and received Christ in my life when I was pretty young too. But, um, usually following after that, it's, it really should be something that's like every message should be incorporating Jesus into it and like how that relates to the gospel message or even just giving an altar call of just reminding people of like the grace of God and like what Jesus did for us. And I think that's, that's something at least my church missed. Um, and obviously like this isn't to say that like churches are perfect and they've got it figured out. But, uh, if, if we don't hold the church accountable and try to make correction, it's like a business that knows it needs to change their marketing strategy or it's not going to run anymore. And it's just the same thing. It's like, well, what is your objective as a church? It's like, is it just to gather on a weekly basis and like feed a couple people or is it to build a community that lasts and like setting people up for success? Because, you know, kids, they're going to grow up and maybe go to college in a different state. And it's like, do you want to be preparing them as best as possible for their future and their relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Or are you just doing it for the paycheck? Or are you just doing it because, you know, you want to do like a topical study 
on something that's great, but like you're not incorporating Jesus as much. Yeah. So I feel like for me too, like I never really understood the weight of why I needed a savior. Mm. I think that was one thing is that you think as a kid, you're like, Oh, I'm innocent. I don't do anything wrong. It's like, I don't really make (laughs) mistakes. My brother did it. You know, like (laughs) we blame everybody else. We think we're, we think we're perfect. And so it sounds like, you know, it it sounds like it can be harsh, but like understanding the reality of like our depravity and sin and how like naturally we are enemies of God. We are children of wrath. Yeah. And, uh, to like understand the reality of why we need a savior, um, it would have, it would have changed my life as far as realizing like, man, I'm broken. I really am broken versus me thinking like I'm doing life fine. I got my own thing. I'm going on my own lane. Cause you know how we are as middle schoolers and high schoolers. Like you, like you said, we think we're the world. Like we think it revolves around us. We get really bratty. I remember I went through a stage, uh, a why stage when I think I was 12. (laughs) It was so funny. Everything my parents asked me to do followed. I always followed with a why. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, Hey, can you take the garbages out? Why? They're like, yeah. What do you mean? I feel why? like we all went through that right? at some point. Yeah. You're just like, why I do that. I have to do that? And it's like, cause I told you to, <laughs> yeah. where is this coming from? And I'm just right. like, whatever, mom, yeah. walk out of the room, just like pretending to be cool in front of them. I remember that stage and I just thought that I was trying to act cool and stuff. But, um, I think that, yeah, we, we get a lot of influence, especially now we're getting it through social media and through all these other funnels of influence to where we think like, you know, we got to put on a front, we have those insecurities, we got to pretend to be cool. We got to fit in. And I think that that, again, it revolves back to that community aspect of feeling seen and feeling loved. And like, that's like, I mean, God literally said himself that it is not good that man should be alone and created for him a helper. And so like, we weren't meant to do life on our own. There is nowhere in the equation that at the end of the outcome of like the blessings of God, does it come from doing life by yourself? Like even like when you start to understand the Trinity, the Trinity acts as a community that is constantly serving each other. Mm -hmm. And like, if we can't recognize that God desires more than anything for us to have community, like we're always going to default to the individual, like as ourselves. Yeah. And we forget that like, there's a flesh that we're constantly battling against. And when you don't have that community that's supporting you and helping you fight those battles, if you mess up on a couple of days or you're not in your Bible consistently enough and you don't have anybody to like slap you across the face and be like, (laughs) you need to get back in it. (laughs) Yeah. You're just going to fall and there's no one to help you pick yourself up. I think it says that, um, it says somewhere in Proverbs that two are better than one because when one falls, he can pick the other up. Yeah. And, uh, we just, we, we neglect that because there is a huge movement of individualism in our culture where it's like, you don't need anybody else. You do you boo boo. Like (laughs) you got this. And I personally struggle with that because I've constantly battled being let down by friends and being abandoned. Mm. And so I've just lost trust with like, you know what? I could just do life on my own. Like I'll make this happen. And so like, because of that, it's impacted now how I build my relationship with Jesus because there's days where I'm like, I just want to do life by myself. I don't want anyone else involved with it. Yeah. Imagine doing that while you're married. Yeah. It's just, it's hard. Wow. Um, but that's just something that we're like, it, for me, it keeps falling back to community, which the reason why I bring that up is because, um, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing with backyard church is because you guys are solving, I think a huge problem that we're not realizing is like another depravity in society, yeah. especially within the Christian community. And it's easy at GCU to be on a Christian campus that has a million different options for ministry, whether it be being in a life group, whether it's going to, um, you know, the gathering, going to chapel, any of the classes that you take, half of them seem to like have ministry involved with it. There's so many ways to get involved, but you could still avoid all of those and you could still feel alone. 
and not feel like you're close to God by any means. True. And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't just like give you the free pass of, well, I'm in a Christian community. So like, I'm kind of fine, but yeah. you're like, dude, you're not plugged in. Mm-hmm. Like you're not connected. And so that's where it pulls a lot of people away kind of back to what we were talking about before about this idea of deconstruction where a lot of people don't have a solid foundation. And the second they experience the world in a new facet, they don't have anything to fall back on. And so then they're like questioning themselves and they're like, oh, have I been believing the wrong things this whole time? And instead of an idea, instead of a, a mindset of like, well, I'm going to seek this out and I want to find truth. More often than not, they're like, I just want to rebel. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I just want to do what I want to do yeah. now. I've been following the rules for a while. I'm going to try my own path. And we always know how that story ends. Yeah. But, every time. but yeah, I think that uh, community community is huge and uh, like incorporating that with like understanding like our natural inclination and position to God and how he sees us without the cross and then seeing how he sees us because of the cross, like yeah. radically changes our perspective on God's love and how it impacts our life and who we choose to live for. And I think that we're just, we're just really like ignorant young adults that think we have the world figured out. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny. It really is. No, it's so true. We can become so self-absorbed. But like you said too, I like when you said that we don't understand like how we are the problem. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. That, that pride of just like thinking you're okay just doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. Right where the enemy wants you to be. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's so true. I feel like for so long in my life, just felt like I was totally fine. Like I'm good. You know? Yeah. And then it really wasn't until somebody told me like, no, like everyone's bad. There's only one good person. And that was yeah. Jesus. That was, I can remember learning that. Yeah. Being like, wait, what? Like, yeah, that was so mind blowing for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until then I had to like, that was, that was probably one of the moments. I was like, wow, like Jesus really died for everybody that, you know, has fallen short because nobody's perfect. Everybody's a sinner. Yeah. I remember I put out a post. Uh, it was it was probably a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, that just said, you are not a good person. Yeah. And the whole point of the post was just to like reiterate the idea of what Jesus literally said when, you know, the man comes. I believe it's the, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the uh, centurion who came up and said like, good, good teacher. And he was like, who are you calling good? And he was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> He's yeah. like, no one is good except the father. And you're like, wait. So if Jesus, and obviously Jesus is God, so he's not contradicting himself, but what he's making a point of is that like, you guys use this term, like you're a good person or that you know what good means, but like you are naturally enemies of God yeah, and only God is good. And so like, cause our definition of good, like, and obviously that's not to say that there aren't like good people in the world. Cause we say it all the time. Like he's a good person. Like he's a good guy, good girl. Oh, yeah. Right. And we say those things and there can be truth to it. They do good things. But like when you look at the grand scheme of their life, and like naturally, like in the flesh, we constantly are sinning. We think that we always do good, but there's so much sin that we don't show the world. So much. It's like, and that's why like in Hollywood, you get all these people on blast that are showing the wrong things that they've done. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, well, let, let us put your life on blast. You know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when they are out here canceling people left and right because of a tweet that they sent out, I'm like, yeah. y'all better not go back in my archives because <laughs> yeah. I will never be able to surface from my bungalow ever yeah, again. I'd be, I'd be canceled forever. Literally, dude. <laughs> I would never be able, I would not be allowed to do ministry or anything of the like if people oh, knew my full past. For sure. The things I used to say, like, <laughs> I, yeah, we just, we don't realize 
that we really are naturally really sinful people. And when we understand that and we realize we need a savior, like, man, that makes you so much more grateful for the cross. Because I think what we do is as young believers is we take that for granted and we're like, yeah, Jesus died for me. whoop de doo Like, awesome. I hear that every week. You guys say Jesus loves me. That's super awesome. Yeah. But like, I'm doing life. Like, I'm, I'm fine. It seems like I'm doing life fine. And part of that also has to do with the fact that like your parents provide for everything. And yeah. How like you don't have responsibilities. So like, yeah, your life for the most part is going to be fine unless you grew up struggling a lot more. But yeah, for the most people, it's like, you know, yeah, life is fine for you right now. But get into the real big world and experience like, actual like struggling and real problems and that's not to like take away from things that you know people can grow up with i don't want to make light of those things but yeah that's true i think the point is is uh we don't think we're good people or i'm sorry we think we're good we people. think we're good people yeah and then do. we get to a point where we're like oh i'm not a good person <laughs> yeah. when you understand the gospel and it's full it's true and that really makes a transformation so it does yeah you know what we need to do we just need to bring the hammer down on a bunch of six-year-olds <laughs> yeah just tell them <laughs> you suck you are a demon. <laughs> well, hopefully not that, but yeah. <laughs> just something super aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no. Are not but good. I mean, that's, that's also hard. Like it's hard to, to try and teach that. And there's certain things you really can't control. And that's where prayer comes in where you just pray for that. But I think that once you get into that high school phase, high school is when you're like, all right, you understand these concepts. You don't get to play dumb anymore. You are becoming an adult, and in many other countries, by the time you're 14, I'm sorry, in other countries, by the time you're usually like seven years old, you're considered an adult in their culture. That's because crazy. you're given responsibilities. Uh, so we, we do mission work in Zambia, yeah. and uh, the way that their culture is set up is when they're like three or four years old, like they start to take on responsibilities in the household. Now, mind you, that their their structure of... Uh, like economy is all based on agriculture. They don't work a lot of in the city jobs because obviously when you get to yeah. in the city jobs, government, all that kind of regulation, it's a different story. But when you like tend to a farm and you have animals and you have uh, like, you know, fruit and vegetables that you're growing, you have a farm, you have responsibilities around the house, you need to gather water, like you start getting tasked with those responsibilities to tend for those things. Yeah. And that would be the same thing as a job because that's pretty much how Adam and Eve started off is that was their work wow. <laughs> to tend in the land. Wow. And so, um, in, and I believe in the, in the book of Samuel, we, we learned the story of how Samuel came and how his mother basically swore that, uh, that this child that she wasn't supposed to be able to bear was going to be dedicated to the Lord. Yeah. And it's actually crazy when you look at like how story. long she promised him to be dedicated and that's how long he lived like is exactly wow. that time. But even more than that, he began to serve and to learn at three years old. That's what the scripture says is that he began to do that like at three years old. And we're like out here with kids that are 13 that don't know how to tie their shoes because they're stuck to a phone all day long and they haven't <laughs> been taught that. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like in a lot of other cultures, you become an adult a lot faster than the way we treat being an adult today. Yeah. And a lot of that plays into this idea of like, oh, well, they don't understand. They'll figure it out one day. It's like, no, no, like you, you can understand these. Like, don't play dumb. Like, I know you can't understand other bigger concepts and stuff, but like, you can understand the fact that like, you're not a good person, but Jesus went to the cross because he wanted to have a relationship with you, regardless of what you've done in the past. Like, like the gospel message, you can understand that. And that's why sure. like, you can get baptized at like eight years old is because you do understand it. But yeah. like, obviously once you learn more and you grow in your faith and you're like, oh, now I really understand. You're like, it doesn't mean that you didn't understand then. It just means that the weight of what you understand is much greater now because you have a bigger perspective on the world and everything in it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, super That's fascinating. Good. But uh, I love that. I love that you guys are doing community. I love that you guys are, are focused on building building out that ministry. Where do you guys, what do you, like, do you have any kind of vision for like five years? I know you just got like your 501c3, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. do you have any vision of like where you want this next thing to go? Yeah. So like I said, our mission is to gather young adults, create a space for people to come worship um, and plug them into the local church. Yeah. Um, long-term vision. We just want to be the connecting place. Totally. So if that's on college campuses, we want to do that. And what's so cool about Backyard Church, sorry, Backyard Ministry, goodness, it's going to take you forever to <laughs> get it. going to take a minute. Uh, backyard. What's awesome about Backyard is it's so easy to do as mm-hmm. far as like to build and stuff. It yeah. doesn't take a lot. And so you just need some, you know, basic speakers, um, PA system, some string lights, you get them at Costco. There you go. Those um, Edison bulb 50, 50 count. Dude, yep, exactly. Clutch. You got it. Um, got them in my backyard. Yep. <laughs> got them in your backyard. <laughs> Starting trends, man. Um, so yeah, you just you just get them at Costco, the wood, Home Depot. Like, I'm just thinking long term, this could be a ministry that could really blow up and be on other college campuses and to yep. be a place where people can come get plugged in. So we wanted backyard ministries to be the overall um, over arching umbrella yeah for what we could potentially do in the future yeah so we have backyard ministries as the organization Mm -hmm. um and we're hoping for backyard waco backyard backyard or backyard baylor backyard cbu backyard um Mm -hmm. i don't know backyard asu backyard yeah you know just like u of a like anywhere it's just totally it could be the connecting place uh for people to go to like yeah to get plugged in and so long-term vision mm-hmm. to be that connecting place for college kids yeah um, college students so get adults. there get there on that'd be cool to be in different states to, it would be to really to really branch out and to have that and i think even more than that i mean obviously like gcu is like already a hub for believers but that doesn't like automatically mean that they're all believers and plugged into a church so there's always need there too but even more a need for these like like secular schools that have a lot of like poor influence and a lot of worldly influence, whatever the the normal progressive ideas of the day that's involved with it. So like yeah. I imagine even more than that, like you guys being like a huge tool and asset to those kind of schools to where like exactly what we're talking about. So <clears throat> what I learned is that approximately 50, I think the number is anywhere from 50 to 70% of high schoolers drop the faith when they go into college. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like that's fifty percent. Like that, even just fifty. Being conservative on that, I'm surprised not more. But like that just it blows my mind. It's <laughs> yeah. like, man, like we suck at this. And one thing that the church that I was at at the time did is uh, they started up a small little ministry that was trying to focus on like the seniors mm-hmm. and getting them plugged into a church with whatever school they were going to that's to like good. make sure that they stay connected in the community because that's yeah. like the number one factor. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, I really love that idea. I don't know if they still do it because mm. it was kind of a beta that they were doing to figure stuff out. Yeah. But I love that. And I was like, dude, like one, I, I was already going to GCU and I was here locally. So like, yeah. Sure. I mean, it doesn't really help me, but I'm like, man, if someone's going to, you know, Oregon State University and they don't know a church in the area, it's like, well, one, they've never had to like seek a church for themselves before, at least yeah. like, for the most part. So like they don't know what to look for. Like, what should they be looking for when they're trying to find a church? Yeah. And is it like, should it be church shopping or is it like, do you just find one and commit? Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like, 
well, I don't really know if they have like a community of believers my age. So like I'm doing it on my own. And when you've spent your whole like childhood, always having someone by your side, always being in that community in high school and stuff, it's like, that's really scary to do. It's like walk into church by yourself on a Sunday, not know anybody and then have to like sit down and maybe like, especially like uh, when uh, pastors are like, I turn to the neighbor next to you and say, what's up and greet them. And you're like, (laughs) I don't know you. Hi, first time. Like, uh, just stuff like that where it can be super scary if you've never done it before. And some people do and they have that boldness, but a lot of other people, they end up just not going. Or when they it's wake true. up in the morning, they're like, it's it's one of those things that the enemy convinces them, like, it's not worth it going. Like, true. you're not committed to this church yet. You don't really like, you didn't really like it that much. You didn't really get connected. No one really said hi that much. So you don't need it. And so a lot of people just don't go to church when they get into like college, they're like, well, I can sleep in. I got a free schedule, can do whatever I want. And, uh, that, that is so detrimental when it comes to our faith. And like, it really, it puts a setback on. Um, and so being like a, a, a facet or a medium through which people can get connected and then get involved with a church, just something locally where it's like, Hey, just go check out this place. We love the pastor that's there. It's doing youth ministry. Um, super easy way to get connected. And even just being a place where you guys can even educate that process of like finding a church where it's like, Hey, you might not even like, we'll recommend a church, but if like, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out for you. Like we don't want to leave you hanging and we don't want you to think that because we gave one recommendation that we can't give another, Yeah. but like teaching that process of, you know, what to do when you're looking for a church and getting plugged into that community. So exactly. I love it. I love everything you guys are doing. Backyard ministries, bro. Backyard ministry. Let's go, dude. So how can people <laughs> how can people get involved with backyard ministry? Where are they showing up? What's the Addy, bro? Send um, the Addy. So we meet at Valley Christian High School yeah. right now. Um, and that's once a month. So our next gathering is gonna be April third. April third. It's gonna be insane. That's right, because this is coming out after March sixth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so April third, put it in your calendars, you're not gonna want to miss out. Um, a lot of cool things happening for that gathering. Um but yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, I mean, our name should be changed <laughs> to Backyard I can always update, Ministries. Yeah, I can always update the name on the the podcast and like the link to be able to like tap on it to whatever oh, you guys' newest one is. Just don't change it like three times because I'm not constantly. We already have it. I just don't know exactly what it is. It might be Backyard Dot Ministries, but I'm oh. pretty sure it's Backyard Underscore. Are you not going to? Some one of, my, one of the people on our team owns it, like has it on Instagram, oh, but we okay. just haven't. Because uh, tr- we haven't, it's not, it hasn't been March 6th. March 6th is right. when we're launching. So okay. it's like, I think I, I do know it. that when you, when someone takes a username and even when they give up that username, there's a certain time period where that username can't be taken by anybody else. So if you guys are going to take that and use it for your Instagram, you might want to do it early because it might not work for you on the day of if you're like, all right, dropped it and then went to go pick it up. I need to look into that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Right when we were you're really awkward. Yeah. Just like, hey guys, we're a new ministry with the username. We're like, check out our new, you, never mind. <laughs> Give us a week. <laughs> Give us a week. <laughs> Give us seven days. That's Five true. business days. That's true. Okay. I'll figure it out. Long it was time. a while ago when we took it. So maybe this has yeah. been enough time. Well, it's once it's, once it's dropped. So if someone owns it, like they have that username for a while, but then once it gets dropped, there's a time period in between where it like is running through the accounts or like Instagram's algorithm or whatever to where it's now an available username. I'll tell them to drop it today. I've been, I've looked up for a while now how to get like, ask us why with one why, not two whys because someone has asked us why. It's stupid. The account (laughs) is like, 
it's a random 2011 account that had like four photos on it yeah. and they were like little ditzy posts or whatever, but no one uses it. And I'm like, how do I get this? Can you get rid of it? Do you have to request? Or? So they, they, they technically, they purge accounts every, every few years to go through and get rid of like the, the accounts that haven't been like accessed in a really, really long time. Uh, but outside of that, like you, there's like certain like companies that you can reach out to that try to like make an effort to do more research and figure out, all right, what email is this under? How can we reach this person? Whatever it is, if you really need a username, yeah. but like for the most part, it's just, Nothing it's just whatever. Do. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. So it should be backyard underscore ministries. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You'll find us backyard ministries. The link will be on the, on the thing. Anyways, bro. Uh, dope. Well, yeah, man. Backyard church, backyard ministries now to be, um, backyard ministries stoked for you guys, for what you guys are doing. <laughs> Thanks, I hope, man. uh, I hope that people that are listening to this, if they're not involved with something can get involved with this and it's only once a month. It's, it's only once a month of a commitment. Don't get plugged in. It's just, it's, uh, it's in, is that in Gilbert or Chandler now? Chandler. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but that's also Phoenix. Like the drive for everything is, is, you know, 30. It's not bad. It's just 30 or, or 40 minutes or like whatever 25, it is. 20, 25. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Not bad at all, man. Easy way to get Once plugged in. Uber if you have to. Start a GoFundMe. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Find a way to get plugged in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys should just start getting a caravan. We thought about it. Really? Yeah. We're just like, how cool would it be to have just like buses? Just bus people. Dude, if anything, a party bus would be <laughs> sick. Yeah. I don't know how good that would look. <laughs> a party bus just <laughs> rolling up to... Yep, get the uh, rooftop ones where people can be on top of it too, like the, the double stack one. Double stack, but then the the top layer as well. Like you can go on the third story, so like you're on the three top of the stories. Vehicle. Yeah, that's like the tour guide bus ones, right? Because they have like two I, I thought it was just two stories. I think there's three, but like they're three in the sense where like I'd be really they reinforced the top lay the top of the vehicle to where they can sit on top of that, right? And then they have one inside, and then they have the first level. Wow. Yeah. Well, I need to look gotta at make money, bro. I You're like, so. yo, how do we maximize and capitalize on this real estate of a vehicle to make more money? Three story bus. I yeah. didn't even know that. Ex- I thought it was two. But it doesn't act up. like 30 feet in the sense of like <laughs> what we normally know as a story. Not actually a story. Yeah. Well, a little bit less than that. But uh, dope, man. Well, cool. thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate you coming and hanging Appreciate out in the Lions Den. Yes, uh, if you guys love this podcast, if you're not following us on social media already, check us out at Ask Us Why with two Ys, as we explained. Don't have the one why yet. One day we'll have it. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully when you guys listen to this, we still have the ask us why with two whys because then it's misleading. It's one or two whys. I'm just going to start saying that for everything now. <laughs> yeah. Just one or two whys because you never know. Someone's going to listen to this like two years later. That should just be your catchphrase. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, but you guys can check out the growing archive of podcasts that we have at uh, ask us why podcasts. And we got two different segments. We got the vessels podcast and we got what is this is the two cents podcast. So uh, check it out. Let us know your feedback. Leave us a review if you guys want. And uh, with that being said, we love you guys and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace see out. You later. Hey guys, thank you so much for making it to the end of this podcast episode. If it was somewhat beneficial for you and your walk with Jesus, that means that it could also be for someone else. And so I just want to challenge you real quick to share this podcast with your friends and your family, whether that be via social media, whether it be a text message, or if you're old school, send it by email. Either way, we would love it if you would continue to help us reach more believers as we are passionate about discipling and growing them so that we together as a community can grow the kingdom. 
another great way that you can support us is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Both of those, when you leave reviews, it really helps the algorithm and helps push our content to other people. But either way, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of us and on this episode, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out and God bless.